a lot of times guys will make you feel guilty for leaving. Mm. Like, so that's, that's the guilt that I speak of. Like, I don't, I can't give you what somebody else haven't, hasn't given you. I can mm. only give you what I can give you. You mm. understand what I'm saying? Mm. Like, so try, me trying to give you something that you don't have is me, like, it's taken from myself. I can't do that. I can't give you what you didn't get. I can only give you what I can give you. Mm. So it's like with the guilt from a man, a man, a, a man will, like, you could be in a, a, a messed up relationship. Like, I'm talking about a terrible relationship. And you as the man knows that it's not good for me. And you know what type of woman I am. And you know what I have to offer. And you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you may not be giving me what I need. Mm. And you know this. Mm. But the moment I say I'm done and I want to leave because of those reasons, you'll make, you'll make me feel guilty for leaving. Like, I'm wrong for leaving. I love myself. 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 All right, we're live. For another episode of the I Love Myself podcast, you know, here we have a rule. In order for you to speak, you got to give us three reasons why you love yourself. Wow. On the spot. Um, why I love myself. Um, I feel like I don't even know. Give us three reasons. <laughs> um, I feel like I inspire people. I'm inspirational. Um. I'm a great mother. Um, one more. I, I guess I could say I love what I do. That's good. Whatever that is. <laughs> so I was reading through your book here, The Bitter Bridge Bible. Awesome title. And one thing you said was every woman has a bitter bitch in them. What does that mean? Well, when I wrote that quote, I, what I meant by it was is, um, every great woman has been through things that has inspired her to be great. So in order to, how do I say it? In order to notice how great you are, you have to go through things. And when I say every, um, within every woman lies a bitter bitch, is that even when you do reach that greatness, still deep down inside, you started from that. So, so what is a bitter bitch? Because when I hear that, it makes me think of women I don't like from my past. I mean, it's just a woman who's been through a lot, who's been through a lot, who's overcome so much from the things that she's been through, whether it's relationship issues, whether it's issues at the job, whether, I don't know, parental issues, whatever it is, is, you know, you overcoming those things. What is something that you overcame that made you a bitter bitch? Ooh. You can give us one. You can give us a few. Whatever you, whatever you feel. <laughs> Which direction you want to go in? I want to kind of go in the direction of, you know, because I think that you're like um, an amazing figure. Like you were a mother at 15. Mm-hmm. People don't know that you own multiple businesses. Mm-hmm. You're a doctor, if I'm not mistaken. Nurse practitioner. Nurse practitioner. <laughs> um, you own, you uh, help young girls. That's actually my favorite part of your work. Mm-hmm. So, like, I want to kind of speak to that lane. Like, there's a young girl out now who... You know, you struggled while you were young. So there's a young girl at 15, probably got a baby on the way, don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Speak to that. Go that. Go in that direction. Wow. Um, so uh, let's phrase it this way to make it easier. On the other side of that camera is mm-hmm. you at 15. Just okay. figuring out you're pregnant. Talk to her. Hmm. I mean, I mean, just, just the action in itself, it has so many emotions. Like, you go through so many things. Like, 
you don't know what to do. You don't know what you're going to say. You don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know what's next. So, I mean, I think the, the thing that helped me the most was having a support system. So it's kind of hard when you don't have that. So to, so to speak to somebody without a support system is kind of like you got to kind of surround yourself with positive people and kind of be around the people that you, I guess, would say inspire to be like because it's not the end of the world. But how did you do that? Because you came up in a, a very rough place, Chester, Pennsylvania, the murder capital. <laughs> not the murder capital. Right. At the time it was. <laughs> um, and, there, you know, when you're in that kind of environment, there aren't that many positive people. So mm-hmm. that means you would have had to have been the positive person. You know how hard that is to do around people who were never positive? Man, all honesty, you just got to grind. Like, bottom line. Bottom line, whatever it is, like, you got to grind. Like, I, I can tell you, like, I remember, goodness, just not knowing what I was going to going to do tomorrow. Like, just figuring it out day by day. Like, um, I started off working at a, a bakery in Philly where I was catching a train every day going to work. Back then, did you ever see yourself here? No, not at all. Not at all. You know how you can see you can see yourself like um I don't know, you you can see where you wanna be, but you can't see yourself there. Napoleon Hill has this quote and thinking about you makes me think about this quote. He says, More gold was mined in the minds of men than it ever was in a gold mine. And what he was speaking to was um how a man can go into the darkness of his mind and mankind. I'm not just speaking about men when I say men, and create from absolutely nothing. And then that goes into another quote to kind of bridge together what I'm trying to say when I think about you and after reading your book. Um, Rumi has a quote. He says, in order to know God, you have to be God. Mm-hmm. Now, people hear that, they take it the wrong way. But what he's, one of the many things he's referring to is God creates. Man creates ideas. You create. But now, normally, people who come up in circumstances like you, they can create, but they can't sustain, which is another, it's another way of being God. Sustain. Sustaining. So when you were creating what you wanted your life to be like, right? People call it thinking, I call mm. it creating. How did you sustain that through all of the turmoil you went through? Because you had a child at 15, mm-hmm. then you had another child years later mm-hmm. with no degree. You went through being homeless. How did you sustain that to get to where you are? Um, I prayed um, and I looked at my children and I see, I, like I, I knew what I wanted for them. I knew the future that I wanted, and I knew the future that I wanted for my children. So that kind of kept me motivated and kept me going in the direction that I wanted to go to go into because I didn't know where I wanted to go. I didn't like I didn't know. I was just you know day by day doing it. I was hustling. I was doing whatever I had to do to make it to the next day. So it's like um, I knew where I didn't want to be, so I knew what I had to do to not be there. So it's kind of hard because if you because one of the things I would tell people is to know the direction you want to go in. How did you know that though? I didn't. That's the thing. So it's like my advice to somebody who is in the same position as me, if I could go back and kind of, you know, redo things, I would kind of figure out what direction I want to go in. Is that something you preach to those young girls now? I do. You got to you gotta know where you're going. You got to know where something you're going. Something else is really interesting about you. You decided to homeschool your daughter mm-hmm. while running multiple businesses mm-hmm. and working the way you work. You actually traveled here for business, mm-hmm. right? Why? Well, homeschooling my daughter was a choice of my own because this generation of children, 
That, I mean, to say the least, that you got I mean, to say it. Like this generation of children are like it's it's like to say it real simple is messed up. Like there there is they jacked up. It's 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 horrible out here for them. So it's like in order to give back, like that's why I want to focus on children is because they don't have the guidance. Um, they don't have the guidance because um, number one thing, the parents aren't guiding them. And the parents aren't guiding them because they didn't have the guidance. Mm. So they're doing their best that you know that they know how to do based off of what they got. Mm. So it's hard when you have uh, children being raised by people who have no guidance. Mm. So they don't have the guidance. Um, and now we have this generation of children where it's just crazy. Like where TikTok and Facebook and Instagram is running everything. And like the, the things that these kids see and do these days. Mm. Oh, my gosh. So throughout all of that, how important is self-love? on that journey at this point in your life. Because before you say that, you know, here on the I Love Myself podcast, we um, prioritize self-love, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we prioritize self-love on the I Love Myself podcast. And one of the ways to do that is to take care of yourself. So I want to highlight a really amazing black business, black woman who runs a business, who helps us with that. Can we get our amazing sister on the camera? She's going to introduce our, herself and she's going to tell us what she does. And y'all going to see a little bit of what she does. So my name is Dibia. Um, everybody calls me Zip. I am the owner of Touch of Her Body Works here in Atlanta. We are a mobile massage therapy company. Um, and we do offer Swedish, deep tissue, couples, prenatal, post-op. Um, so, yeah, don't hesitate to book us. You know, if you're in Atlanta, please hit us up. We're on Booksy at Touch of Her Body Works. Oh, yes. And my Instagram is touch underscore of underscore her underscore body works. So, as we were saying, um, how important, Lord, that's amazing. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, my God. All right. Um, how important is self love on that journey? Um, it's, it's funny that you mentioned because I was just having a conversation earlier with someone. And they were kind of going through some relationship issues. And one of the things I did mention to her. You're actually really good at giving relationships. Yeah. (laughs) One of the things I did mention to her is, you know, you have to love yourself and respect yourself and Mm. honor yourself Mm. in order to love someone else. That's so true. You know, Chris was with me. I spoke at an event in New York yesterday or day before yesterday. And good Lord. Um, (laughs) And, um. I was saying that the reason why we came up with that was like, imagine trying to give somebody a dollar if you don't have one. Exactly. So how can I require love of somebody, require respect of somebody, and I never gave it to myself? Exactly. The idea of love is like, I gave it to myself, now you can come enjoy this with me. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm coming to you to get what I never gave exactly. to you. Exactly. And I just, I, I actually just said that to her. Like, it's like a lot of times people look for happiness in other people. Mm. You have to be happy with yourself first. So now, in situations like that, which you normally see happen, would you agree that, if you're going to other people for happiness, you just end up draining them, and y'all both end up with nothing. Well, I say that I, I don't I don't believe you ever find it. Like if 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 I'm unhappy with myself and I come to you looking for your happy, because so many times you hear people say, well, you know, you don't make me happy and anymore. You touch or, on this in your, yeah, in her book. yeah, it's all she in the book. She touch on this in her book. It's all in the book. So it's like you know, you come to people and say, you you know, you don't make me happy or you don't love me or you know, people just look for that in other people and you can't find what you can't find in yourself and other people. So if you can't find happiness with yourself, you can't be happy with somebody else. 
where mm. someone else can never give you happiness. They so can only aid to it. You you mentor a lot of young girls, and I'm sure they have a lot of teenage problems. When they come to you with that, what is your advice to them at that tender age? So my girls. Most of them around what age? It's high school. Uh, they like 15, 15 to 17. So my girls, they know who they are. We talk. We, um, it's kind of like, like, I feel like, you know, when I was 16, um, I wanted or I needed, I'm not going to say I wanted because I didn't know what I, what, you know, I needed, um, someone that I can talk to, someone that I can go to, um, with my problems that were relatable. I didn't want to hear from my parents, your mom, you know, they tell you what not to do based off of, you know, how they want you to live your life. But I, I needed someone to tell me, you know, to guide me on what not to do because this is not what you need to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? To kind of help actually help me get to where I was trying to get to. And it's like a lot of children or a lot of teenage girls don't really have that person that they can go to and just, you know, speak with. Like, don't tell me what to do, but kind of give me advice on what you think is, you know, right or what you think is wrong or just kind of give me the blueprint and then I can make my own decision. Mm. So that's what I feel like I needed. So that's what I try to give, even with my with my my own children. My son, I'm just starting to to learn a lot about him. He's a teenager, so I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to adopt. It's different when you're a parent, and then speaking to other people's children is different than speaking with your own. I had a girl on the podcast. She had a daughter, and I asked her, um, what would she tell her daughter to look for in a man? And I want to ask you a different question. Mm-hmm. You have a son. He's 15. Mm-hmm. In most countries, they consider that a grown man mm-hmm. because if he were to you know, he can have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, if he were to indulge in certain activities, they sentence him as an adult, especially being a black man, right? Mm-hmm. What if, because you are a woman and you're his first introduction to love and women, what do you tell him he needs to look for in a woman? Um. Wow. Uh, what I tell him to look for in a woman is some support and um. I don't, I don't tell them, like I said, I don't t- tell them the traditional love and all that kind of love stuff. Love is bullshit. Yeah. Uh, tell you yeah, why, it's not something, like, you got to build that. You can't exactly. just, like, walk th- in that, And that's what I tell them, like, look for somebody you can build with. Learn. Somebody you can build with. Like, I don't feel like, like, <laughs> for me, people think it's so crazy when I say, like, I don't, I don't look for love anymore. Like, I don't, that's not something that I need. I, I, I need somebody I can build with. Learn. I need a partner. Learn. You know, I don't I don't need someone that I can love. I need somebody that I can be a partner to or be a partner with where we can grow and, you know, do things collectively. Like, that's what I need. And when you when you start to live and you start to go through things and relationship issues so and things like did, that, you Did do it, it take heartbreak for you to realize that? Have you been through heartbreak yeah, before? Yeah, I would say it does. It takes heartbreak for you to open your eyes. Okay, now did that heartbreak make you bitter or what? It, that's why I say... <laughs> <laughs> that you know within every woman lies a bitter bitch because we go we all go through that period of bitterness no matter if we like to admit it or not we all go through that period of bitterness and we have that one person that caused it so in our time you know like and I don't think this is a new thing I think we really have to look at the time and like if you look at the time of our grandparents women didn't have a choice about leaving mm-hmm. where are you gonna live Exactly. So you didn't actually know if this woman actually cared for this man. It was like a necessity type. Exactly. Thing, right. And let's go further back. After slavery, you know the earliest records that they have for black people? No. Marriage licenses. Because that's all they wanted. That that validated them. We don't have land. These nothing. Let's just get married. 
with no plan. This marriage isn't for love. It's for, you know, building, mm-hmm. right? So traditionally, if, a, if, if there were two villages near each other and maybe they wanted to rule all this land together, your then, son marries my daughter. If they fall in love, they do. If not, then mm-hmm. we figure it out, right? Now, because we were so deprived of love, all we looked for was love. We don't see anything past the love. So all the trauma that comes with it, we don't care, right? It's like, you know, if I grow up, and let's say my mom didn't hug me enough, mm-hmm. I'm just going to marry a woman who hugs me, but I'm not going to see all the other red flags, and I'm getting that hug. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So a lot of us are coming up deprived because we're only looking at, or we're spending our whole life looking at what we don't have. Exactly. I realize we're actually depriving ourselves of everything else. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is all going into a question. We have a very high divorce rate, a very high breakup rate. Why do you think that is? Haven't been through what you've been through. I don't, I think more people are, when things don't work, they quick to let it go. They're quick to let it go. Nobody wants to put in the work anymore. Nobody wants to. So how do you know when you put in too much work? Because you have people, some people will say I did too much. Like yeah. I spent too many years into this person and got nothing. It's hard. And that's one of the things I want to teach my daughter is to know when to walk away. My son as well. And my son as well. When you're not getting what you, when you're not, when someone's not pouring into you the way that you're pouring into them, it's time to walk away. It's time to walk. Don't waste time. And the, the longer you wait, the more time you waste. And I always say it, it real simple. Like, I would rather break my own heart now than to wait later on and, and deal with the pain that it comes with. So that's, that's, just, that's just my take on it. So it's like now, like, you know, dealing with people in relationships now, I'm easy. It's easy for me not to deal with certain things that I used to deal with. And that's kind of what I go back to, like. Oh no 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 no! I've been through this before. I'm not doing this again. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's like a like a uh, a marker for me. Like if this happens, then it's like no, nah, I'm not doing it. But then you you also have to look at it from a side. Like everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Mm. So it's like you just have to know, and you know, you know when you had enough. Mm. You know when it's when it's just not going to work because you got to understand that everything is not forever. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like people go into relationships thinking that we're going to be together forever. When sometimes it's, that's not the case. Mm. You're not always going to be with somebody that, you know, forever is not always meant for that person. And it's like, you, it could just be like a learning lesson. You have a chapter in your book where you talk about guilt. Mm-hmm. How often do you deal with guilt when it comes to relationships you've been in? Because what I realize is like, um, in my line of work, I deal with a lot of women. Like, I meet a lot of women, and it's like a central theme. A woman will be in an abusive situation, but she won't leave because some part of her thinks she owes this man something for the, the little boy in him something because his mother didn't do it, right? So there's still guilt there. Have you dealt with that in your life, well, number one? Number two, like, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you get rid of that? Well, when you speak of guilt and you say it in the manner that you're saying it in, like a woman might try to give a man what they didn't have and feel guilty if they leave, you can deal with it that way. Or a lot of times guys will make you feel guilty for leaving. Mm. Like, so that's, that's the guilt that I speak of. Like, I don't, I can't give you what somebody else haven't, hasn't given you. I can mm. only give you what I can give you. You mm. understand what I'm saying? Mm. Like, so try, me trying to give you something that you don't have is me, like, it's taken from myself. I can't do that. I can't give you what you didn't get. I can only give you what I can give you. Mm. So it's like, with the guilt from a man, a man, a, a man will, like, you could be in a, a, a messed up relationship. Like I'm talking about a terrible relationship. And you as the man knows that it's not good for me. And you know what type of woman I am. And you know what I have to offer. And you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you may not be giving me what I need. Mm. And you know this. Mm. But the moment I say I'm done and I want to leave because of those reasons, 
you'll make you'll make me feel guilty for leaving. Like I'm wrong for leaving. You know what's really interesting? You know, and I have like a newfound respect for women. It's like with a man, whether it's in business or it's in relationships or it's in life, people will accept a man based on his potential, not on what he's done. Women have to have done something, no matter how old she is. Mm-hmm. So how hard, you know, you, you're in business, you're in multiple, you're in real estate, you're in healthcare, you're in logistics. How did you deal with that? How did you combat that? I mean, first, let me say, <laughs> first, let me say this to you, because I tell people this all the time. Fuck potential. <laughs> it's intent. If I don't, I don't care about what, what chance, you know, what your potential is or what you can do. I need to know what you, what you're going to do. You mm. understand what I'm saying? So. That's that. And then say the question again because I didn't even hear you. So I said, it's like, (laughs) you know, and this is something I have a newfound respect Mm -hmm. for women. Mm -hmm. If you notice in my company, I hire nothing but women, Mm -hmm. right? Um, With a man, you know, whether he's, whether a woman wants to court him or Mm -hmm. he wants to do business, people will gauge him just on his potential. Nothing on his resume. What's his potential, Mm -hmm. right? You know, you'll meet a woman, and there's a this man, she's way out of this man's league, and she'll still do it him because she'll say he has potential. Summer Walker has a song called Potential, mm-hmm. right? But now for a woman, she's gauged on the premise that she's done something. Right? I mean, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I can't say that I've ever dealt with that or even, I don't know. Because I feel like, I feel like sometimes men deal with that more than women. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I feel like men have to prove themselves more than a woman now, would. I would say the only time that for, that I've seen that is from um, a provisions perspective. Okay. Right? Which brings me to another question. <laughs> Glorilla says... <laughs> Not Glorilla. <laughs> people should go 50-50. So I give uh, my point of view on this. Mm. Now what's your point of view? I don't believe in that at all. I think that, like... Uh, I. I'm a person that believes a man's supposed to 100% provide for a woman. Okay. Right? So I'm completely against 50-50. Mm-hmm. I always have been. What's your take? So to me, this goes back to partnership. Okay. All right. When I say I'm looking for someone who can be my partner, and what I mean when I say this is when I'm down, if you're not, then you pick up the pieces. If you down and I'm not, then you is financially vice everything, everything because it's like. But let's just say you're both up. You meet somebody yeah, who's who's like. Then what you. do we do? Business, um, they got the businesses going. They um, you know, they've been going to therapy, like all the things you okay. do. So right? then what if with with the fifty fifty happen there? Are we talking fifty fifty? Well, who's the leader? Okay, your son when he gets married, do you want you expect him to go fifty fifty? Who's the leader? Him. Exactly my point. So we I run into that all the time. It's like. I'll run into people that say that, you know, you, you want to be, you want, you know, you want to wear the, the, the drawers, you want to be the leader or whatever the case may be. Well, if I'm not the leader, then lead. And so, you know, when I, and it's so deep that you say that, like people, everybody's looking right now. I think there's honor in your woman's saying you struggle. Like most men are like, but it'd be hard for me. I think there's honor in that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You said watching a woman struggle. With oh, honor? I said your woman watching a man struggle. Like if he's struggling to provide for you, I think there's a level of respect yeah, and honor that comes with that. Right. Of course. So. Your son, mm-hmm. 50-50, yes or no? Nah. What do you tell him? If you're the leader, then lead. Because what people <laughs> don't look back, look at, and this is, again, an issue with our people, mm-hmm. is we don't look. Everybody else is, all the, every other race, it's all about delayed gratification. They're looking at the future. Mm-hmm. Your education system and everything should match where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. Right? Not, not where you're at. It's where you're trying to go. Exactly. Right? 
So nobody goes to school. Only us. We'll go to school for four years to pay rent. That's right here. Uh-huh. Right. Saying that to say, we're looking at the future. I, I we've seen what this 50-50 thing causes. What it has is we have an entire generation of women that no longer respect the men. Exactly. Anymore. Now I think you know we 50-50, so you can. I don't <laughs> see how like if if I I don't see how I could tell a woman to respect me if you're not. I just providing. don't see how. Yeah. Because now at this point, this is very vulgar. She low key can go 50-50 with the pussy now because it's like, <laughs> like I gotta share you with the electric man. I might as well. You it's know what I'm saying? It, but it, it's it's the truth because I like I said, if you're the leader, then lead. And it's like if you're the leader, then you're the provider. If you're the provider, then you're providing mm. for us. So it's like the respect thing is if I'm going 50-50 with you, but you're not you. You know, if you're, I'm going 50 50 with you, then I feel half of what you are. So now we're both leaders. Mm. And I don't feel like it should be that way. I feel like the man should lead and the woman should follow. Mm. And if you're a good, if you're a great leader, then I'll follow you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if you want to be the leader, then you have to take on the role of leadership. So with the level of success you've had now, can you still submit to a man? Because there's some people who say, once a, a woman's reached a certain level in the business world, in the corporate world, which is why some men are intimidated by women in your position. She can no longer submit to a man. What do you say to that? What I say to that is, if you're <laughs> simple, if you are a great leader, then I will follow. Okay, so I have no problem. Could with you that. be with a man mm-hmm. that, and this isn't to me to demean anybody's work. Could you be with a man that works in the mailroom or the janitor? At the level you've reached, could you do it? I'll be honest. Yeah. Where I'm at now, I'm not looking in that area. So I wouldn't even, like, where, no, where would I find I, a janitor but at? I'm saying, you don't know that he's a janitor until after y'all go out for the first time. But where did I meet you? Instagram, I don't know. I'm, I'm not know. talking to nobody on Instagram. All right. <laughs> coffee shop. So we both we both happen to be at the coffee shop and we. And he sauces it up. He says, I'm a master of the custodial arts. You don't know what that means, <laughs> right? <laughs> and we go on a date and then. You're I the mean, custodial specialist. He's a bleach kind of store. How many days do we go on? <laughs> is it, is it Y'all went on two or three days. I mean, if we went on two or three days, it's like that's not enough for somebody to just submit to anything. So it's, uh, it's easy for me to walk and then you away. You realize that you like them. Yeah, because you you. you gotta be able to. I'm, and I hate to say it this way because I don't want to sound like I'm materialistic or anything like that. Like you have to be able to maintain me and what I'm already, you know, I think, I the think level that, that yeah. I'm at. Like I if you can't w- maintain me, then I think women reserve the right to be materialistic. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to But you I'm, can't go for a man that's telling you he can't provide that and be mad yeah, when he can't that, give it to that, you. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you, if, if I sit down and have a conversation with you and let's say, let's say we, we are in deep and now I find that out. And then it's like, if you can't maintain what I'm accustomed to, because that's just not where you're at financially. I can't be mad at that. So once I choose to be with you, then I take on that burden. You understand what I'm saying? But say, you know, I'm with somebody and I level up while I'm with you. I wouldn't leave you. No, I would. It, it would be then at that point. Could we be fifty-fifty? If you can't maintain what you know I'm accustomed to at this point, then yeah. If if I want anything past what you're able to maintain, then yeah, we gotta go fifty-fifty. And yeah. I and I respect that. But like I said, like I don't. I'm like when you say, it's, it's like I'm kind of me. I, I don't feel like me and certain people would meet. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, fair. Like I fair. don't feel like me and so certain let's, people let's would So let's turn it back. 
Where did the motivation for this book come from? Um, and tell us about hmm. it from your perspective. So, because I, if I go in a bookstore, I'm going to grab it just because of the title. Well, I've been in some messed up relationships, and what I did was. All right, well, now were you the problem, or was the other person the problem? Um, honestly, now that I've grown and matured, I can honestly say that I may have caused some of the problems. Because I feel like sometimes men are looking for understanding and um, <coughs> being able to be themselves. And I feel like sometimes as women, we kind of force what we want onto them. Very true. And we don't understand them. And then, oh, oh God, the ladies are going to kill me for this one. But sometimes, like, let's say um, a woman, I mean, a man being in a monogamous relationship. As I'm older and realizing certain things, I'm kind of realizing that that kind of really doesn't exist. You understand what I'm saying? Well, for for a man of vision, it's, it's, it sounds crazy. It's unnatural. It, it, it is. When, even when you look down to the scientific aspect of it, it's like we, we produce one egg a month. A man produces thousands of sperm a day. Like you know, that right there tells study, you. It would only take 28 men to impregnate the entire world. It, so it, that's what I'm saying. So now. That where includes I, the know. cats and the dogs. <laughs> Anyway, so back then I was, you know, I had this mindset of, you know, you only going to be with me and this is what we're going to do. And if you do anything outside of this, you cheat on me, then I'm not going, I'm not going to love you anymore. I'm going to leave you. And, you know, I need you to respect me and do this and do that. But it's like, that's not, I don't even look at that as kind of even, I feel like, put it like this. It's not the, it's not what a man does it's how he does it. So if he's not doing it respectfully, if yeah. respectfully, I'm 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 okay, gonna so never let's find look out. Look at it like this. I think mm-hmm. the biggest issue, you know, because believe it or not, this sounds crazy, but polygamy can cure a lot of the Wait, issues. Wait, can I say sorry, man? Yeah. All right. <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry, man. This is, polygamy can cure a lot of issues in our community. You uh-huh. have a lot of um. So for instance, if you go into the inner cities, right? Mm-hmm. And actually, my my brother Rashad just recently said this the other day on this podcast. You go into the inner cities, there are a lot of boys in the home without men. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about this study they did on elephants, right? So, you know, in, a- in Africa, the young male elephants are going insane. Like, they're tearing up villages, they're killing people, and they can't figure out why. So a scientist says, yo, let's go get some older elephants and put them out there. Soon as it happened, everything turned around. The, the elephants weren't being mentored, so they had displaced aggression. Mm-hmm. You go into our neighborhoods, these young boys are killing each other. They don't, they don't have mentors. Nobody's telling them you don't shoot somebody for nothing, Yeah. right? Saying that to say, polygamy could cure that. You have a man who's a man. You have a man who walked away who wasn't a man. Just having a dick doesn't make you a man. You mm-hmm. have a man who's a man, meaning he has a vision. He has things he won't do, mm-hmm. right? He's willing to care for women. He's willing to take on that responsibility. He's not doing this for sex. He's doing this for nation building. Mm-hmm. He could help those type of homes. Exactly. Right? But we need women selfless enough to sit and look and say, okay. We don't have it. We don't have it. It's hard. We can't raise men. It's hard. What we've tried to do isn't working. Mm-hmm. Let's try this another way. Then we need men who say, you know, this isn't to have a side chick. Mm-hmm. This isn't for more sex because polygamy has very little to do with extra sex, mm-hmm. right? Because you're taking on another responsibility if you're a man, right? Of course. But just that right there. So let's say that there's a great man. Let's say a Malcolm X, mm-hmm. right? Every woman knows there's not a million of those walking around. Exactly. So if we want to help, we could say, why doesn't he take on two or three more women? Because we know we're not going to go get two, three, or two or three well, more Malcolm X's. Even when you look at the statistics, you know, with the <laughs> The amount of women and then the amount of men on the world. There's more women on the earth than men. So even if we had one-to-one relationships, it would still be women without, without men. men. So it's like 
and I, I know, like I said, because I had the same mindset. Like my mindset was, like I said, you're mine, I'm yours, and that's that. Right. But like as I go to get older, so when you ask me, like even the relationships that I've been in, would they may have worked out if I would have had a different mindset? I would say yes, mm. because the problems that we ran into was that we call it the cheating, you know, the lying. And I, you know, it's funny because I read this quote online and it like sparked something in my head. It's like, like I said, it's just how men do it. It's not what they do. It's how they do it. They lie. Mm. They cheat. Mm. It wouldn't be lying and cheating <coughs> if you kept it real. So it's, it, the quote said, it said, um, gosh, what did it say? It said, you not, it's, it's not player if you, um, if you're a lion, you know, lying to get what you have is player when you're telling the truth and still having it your way. Right. So basically, if you come to me and keep it real, then it's like, you know, as a human being, I'm going to have emotions. You know, every time I told the woman the truth in the beginning, mm -hmm. never had any problems. That's what I'm saying, because we have emotions. So we're going we, we're gonna to deal with our emotions how we deal with our emotions. But once you tell me something and I take on, you know, and, I, and I'm still with you, then it's on me. Mm. But once you lie to me about what you're doing, and, and, you know, you come to me and you're, you know, you're making up stuff, you're lying to me, and I'm with you based on a lie, then it's on you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, so tell me what I need to know. Are we saying the bitter bitch Bible encourages polygamy? Wow. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying that the bitter bitch Bible just simply is it's a short story of, so how I'll break it down to you is the Bible has 10 commandments. And I'm sorry, like, cause I, I've had a few people that kind of, it was like a little controversy on the, on the, um, name. It's just, it's just human beings. Yeah. And I was like, you know, they like, well, why didn't you say the Quran or whatever? And it's like, Bible is just a book. That's all it means. The definition of Bible is book. That's it. <laughs> so I'm not, you know, using it in a religious way or anything like that. Bible is just book. And then so. to, to further prove what you're saying, when this was revealed, it wasn't called the Bible. It was called the Injil, which means the gospel. Bible came way later. So yeah, it's not even so a term, yeah, so it's just so it, it's Ten Commandments. So what I did was I broke down um, the ten phases that women go through when we go through those it's relationship really powerful, issues. Seriously. Yeah, and I took one storyline. So one story, one of my most uh, trying relationships. I took the storyline, and it goes through all the phases. So we go through those ten phases, and sometimes people never reach the end, or they might go through several cycles over and over and over again until they, you know, can finally get to the end. So I just took that, the, you know, um, my storyline through those phases and I gave explanations and, you know, ways to overcome it and things like that. So it's kind of just a book that I, I would say like a self-help book that could kind of help, maybe help a woman get through those phases. A woman where, going through real relationship issues. Where can we find it? My Instagram. Well, the book Instagram is uh, at the Bitter Bitch Bible. Um, that's on Instagram, and then my Instagram is uh, at paradise, paradise, P-A-R-A-D-I-S-E, underscore S-U-H-A-Y-L. Something to ask all of our guests, mm -hmm. who are your five heroes? You always catch me off guard. Because it's really important, like it's something you should write out, because who once, are my five once, once you know who your heroes are, you, you can kind of find your direction. So I would say my, um, my first hero would be my mom. Right. Um... Because a lot of things that I've learned and a lot of things that I've been through, which inspired me to learn, was from my mom. All right. Um, then I would say my son. All right. My son is one of my heroes because he forced me to be better. Mm. 
he's forced me to be better for myself and to be better for him. Um, and I will put my daughter in the same category, but I say my son because he's older and I had him so young. So I was forced to grow up, mm. you know, and be accountable and responsible. Mm. Um, then I would say my dad, because he's always somebody you can go and kind of, you can, you can really, really talk to him. Right. You can talk to him and he'll give it to you like raw, like he'll really give it to you. Um, then I'll say my sisters right. and I put them both in the same category because they are two in one. You know what I'm saying? Where am I at? That's four. So they're two in one. And then um, I get, you know, some things from one and then a lot from the others. And then I'll say my brothers. And why I say my brothers last is because I feel like they are like the foundation. Like they keep it, keep keep me grounded. So whenever I feel like I'm on a, a business venture or I want to better myself or I feel like I'm stagnant and stuck and I can't, get to that next level, then I always reach out to my little brother. So, and my five people. All right. So I want to close on this because you went through, in 2021, you went through a really traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Um, your brother was pronounced dead. Mm-hmm. And you were dealing with a lot, didn't you? You still had business, you still had children. How did you overcome that? Um, I feel like, honestly, things happen. Things happen out of our control. And when you can't control them, one of my good friends, I won't say their name, um, kind of told me, like, you know, basically, like, if I, like, I can't really be mad. Like, simple terms, I can't be mad at what I can't control. Like, if mm. I can't control it, don't stress over it. Mm. And um, he went through a lot of a lot of crazy things, that, and it kind of made me look at, like, how he handles certain things and, you know, life-changing situations and he can't control them and he like I can't even explain it it's like how he handles situations that he can't control and how he overcame them by being like positive when everything was negative it kind of like it was kind of like eye-opening for me to learn how to do the same thing so once that happened in 2021 this he had a situation before my situation and his was like kind of on the same level, like a mm. life or death situation. So when I watched him handle how he handled that situation, it kind of helped me with handling that with my brother. Cause it's like, you know, things happen, things mm. happen out of our control. And it's like, death is one of them. Mm. You know, we, we are here to die. People mm. die all the time. So yeah, it's they like, say, they say the, leading, the leading cause of death is life itself. Exactly. So it's like, death is real. So it was like just kind of, you know, we had to all tr- like kind of come to terms with we're human. So we have those feelings. Mm. But it's like knowing that that's what happens made it easy for me to understand and deal with it. So it was like, even you know, he didn't. He made it through everything and still drives us crazy. But, um, yeah, it was it was hard. And, and like like and I hate to sound so you know, like heartless, but life goes on and it has to, it has to, you got to be strong for your family. You got to be strong for your children. You can't stop. And you know what I'm saying? You can't stop. So it's like, you got to keep pushing and moving forward. So, and then thinking about what that person will want you to do kind of helps you move forward too. Like Mm. don't stop, keep going. What we're going to do is we both going to close them out with something good. I'll start Mm -hmm. them off and then you got to end it out. All right. You said close them off with something good. Yeah. So what I would say is, if you're a man, I'll speak to the men and you'll speak to the women. Okay. If you're a man, find a purpose. 
because a man without purpose is literally, you know, they, they talk about being brain dead. A man without purpose is literally dead because he doesn't have a direction. So if you're a man, find your purpose. That should be the like the main part of your life because then everything aligns from there. The biggest mistake a lot of us make is we go and find a woman without our purpose. We have children without our purpose. So we're just a dead person leading other per- other people to die while they're living. So don't die living. Find a purpose. <laughs> to the women. Don't take no shit. <laughs> don't take none. Don't take none. Never settle. Um, be good to yourself first. And then always remember that what you want from a man or what you want from anybody else, you have to be willing to give. Mm. Don't just expect, you know, crazy things that you you want a man to do this, you want a man to do that. I want a man to be real. I want a man to take care of me. You have to also be able to do the same for a man that you want, you know, when you want it from him. And book her for massages. <laughs> you know what you forgot? You forgot and always give, love yourself. Always love yourself. You <laughs> forgot to give three reasons why you love yourself. So you broke the rules. So three reasons why I love myself. Um, I'm very dependable. Um, I like try to show up for everybody in my life. I take that really serious. Um, I might not always be there for the fun times, but I'm always there when it counts. Um, I'm very strong as well. Um, I have endured... Uh, a lot of trauma, as a lot of us have in this world, um, but I have always linked on my strength. Like, I know that I can push through anything. I try to anyway. And the third thing um, is my smile. That's what I love. <laughs> People tell me my smile just brightens up the room, so I try to use it. <laughs> all right, y'all. So thank you all for tuning in for another episode of the I Love Myself podcast. I love myself. <laughs>